Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 6, Lost River, from 2014. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And today's episode is brought to you by Micro Plush Blankets. Micro Plush Blankets are those blankets that feel really soft to some people, but I just hate them. Oh, you mean Micro Plush Blankets? Nah, that's boyfriend material. So this is a movie that... Ryan Gosling is not in. He's not in this it. This is a nope. movie that he wrote and directed. Okay. That this is the movie I think I mentioned last time, and I think I mentioned a couple times, that my sister and I saw at the Alamo Draft House in Austin when it premiered, and he that's was cool. there to introduce it. Oh, so that's when cool. I was in the same room as Ryan Gosling with the Goss. this movie. The Goss. The Canadian Goss. Goss on the loss. Okay. Goss on the loss. So I know that you have thoughts about this movie. But I have thoughts. go into this movie, let us take a quick detour to our first segment, Canadian Goose on the Loose, Canadian Gauze on the Laws. Okay, okay, okay. Gauze on so the So I have laws. a few different things. Most of what's happened in the last month has been more sort of first man related, which I think we covered last time when we recorded with Mike. No, 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 we didn't. Do, Mike was on the last episode when we did the big short. Mike was on the yes. episode ago. Yes. But when we did the big short, we were talking about how First Man was going to be not necessarily a biopic, but more of like an action movie, something maybe more like Gravity. Who knows what it'll actually be? That was a lot of the news from the last month. But one thing that I did see in the last month was Ryan Gosling and Ava Mendez, who's in this movie, yes. viewed an $8 million mansion with their daughters in Los Angeles. They viewed an eight... What, so what happened? They just like went to go look at it? They didn't buy I it? Yes. I haven't seen any follow-up stories. I don't think they bought that mansion. I think we would have all heard about it if they had bought that mansion. Okay. Um, I wonder what the mansion looks like. Is it big? I'm, I'm sure it's big. $8 million is like... That's, Probably. That's let, me hefty, see if I, let me see if there's a picture in this thing. Hang on. It's a hefty amount of house. So what I also found out while I looked this up is that over the weekend, we did a Cage Club revisited of Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans, and the female lead in that movie is Ava Mendez, and okay. we were like, what's she been up to? And we looked it up, and Lost River is the last thing she acted in. So it feels she weird, has been though, full-time it? mommy mode since this, which is cool, which is great. What was this, 2015? This 2014. It's been a while since she. So like you know, four years, she's just like not done anything since. Acting wise, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe producing or something. Let's see. Are there pictures? Oh, it's a six bedroom mansion. Six bedroom doesn't sound like a lot for eight million dollars. Oh God's in a uh, plaid shirt and a baseball cap. Let me send you this. I'm still looking for pictures of the house. I yeah. don't see pictures of the actual house, but it's a Daily right. Mail article. Oh, there's there's a picture of the house. Oh, yeah. there's a big nice outside. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, there are pictures toward the bottom. Okay. Cool. It's a, it's it's a nice out. looking house. Is it worth eight million? I don't know, but yeah. I mean, well, if who you got would it, need to know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks like it's kind of like Miami esque. It looks like right. But it's it in that like Yeah, it has like a Miami kind of feel to it. Yes. Yeah. Looks cool. Is that like Cuban architecture? I don't know. I don't know much. About I don't know if it's a Cuban. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Okay, so we got some inside ones. It's just fucking huge and lots of windows. So and there's a gym in it and like nice little patio. Yeah, I like that gym it. gym looks kind of underwhelming though. It just sort of looks like a shitty right? like, hotel gym. Yeah, it does. I he needs more gym than that. I think oh, for definitely. our man Gauze, he needs a lot more gym than this. Definitely. Okay. Do you so have you any uh, Gauze in the laws, or do you are you no. tapped out of? Do you have not any news this month? 
Not any news this month. I'm still getting, like you said, um, a lot of what, like First Man, right? Yep. Just stuff like that. There's some older ones, but I, I think we've already pretty much talked about that stuff. So nothing really special and exciting that I've found. So the only other thing that I found was that Christina Aguilera was on James Corden's show, I think, and she admitted oh, that cool. Ryan Gosling had a crush on Britney Spears and they were Mouseketeers, which, Ooh. duh, like everybody did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's... I don't think there's a man that's like between the ages of like 18 and 35 that didn't have a crush on Britney. Spears at one point, right? You think 18? Yeah, I think some of the younger generation probably still likes her. Well, maybe not. You're right. Maybe I don't it's know, like, like 21. How, how old do you like, like legitimately when you have like your first like celebrity crushes? Like eight or nine maybe? Yeah. And so when was like peak, like when was toxic? Like 04-ish? So I would say I would 96. say even hit me baby one more time. So start about there. Well, you know, I'm just saying like the, the, the lower end. Oh, the lower like 22 end. 22 to maybe like 35 or 40. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's as young as 18. I think it's close. Okay. But I think that, you know, there, there is definitely a wide range. I always did prefer Christina Aguilera, which looked good for a while, but now Wexford's finest. Is back better than ever, maybe. Brittany? Yeah, dude. Have you seen her lately? Like yeah. she looks really good. Yeah. And yeah. she has like that whole Vegas show still, right? Doesn't she? Yep. Well, that's all I have for Canadian Gaz and Laws, Canadian Goose on the Loose. Hopefully more happens. I mean, we this is not the Channing Tatum podcast, but we have gotten some more sad <laughs> yeah. Tatum tots for that, which we will cover on the next episode of that show. But he's just he's just in a downward spiral. At least <laughs> at least Gaz and Gaz and Eva Mendez like kinda keep to themselves a little bit. Yeah. Gaz isn't just like super heartbroken, lusty all over Instagram like Channing Tatum. But that's for a different podcast. Yes. So on the next episode of that we will cover all of that. But I'd yes. almost rather have no news. Like no news is good news at this point in Channing. Absolutely. Life. I I agree. <laughs> Instead of sad Instagram likes or something. Like we've been getting, so. So Lost River, this movie that Ryan Gosling wrote in Ghost the River. only thing. Ghost River. Ghost River. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. It is very heavily influenced, I think, by Nicholas Winding Refn, who did Drive, who also is going to do the next movie we did, the last movie that Gosling did, Only God Forgives. Exactly what I thought when I was watching this movie. I think it's heavily influenced by, we haven't talked about them yet, but Drive and Only God Forgives. I think that this is very, very heavily influenced by those. I don't know that you, I didn't know that you saw Only God Forgives. I guess that I mean, makes sense. Yeah. It also, this movie reminds me of sort of kind of in ways David Lynch, kind of in ways Dario Argento, also kind of in ways Terrence Malick, and specifically Song the Song, which we covered for this very podcast. Yeah. So this movie, I, I felt like I wasn't invited to watch this movie. That's what, what I think that my biggest mean? problem with, with this. It just wasn't accessible to me. I was like watching someone else's lucid dream. Okay. I like a lot of the actors in this movie. Yeah. I like Goss. Yeah. I like the styling of it. I thought yeah. that it was pretty. Very the pretty lack good, yeah. of dialogue and like the lack of like it felt pretentious in the, the sense lack that of it, a plot at all. Yeah, and and it felt like it was supposed to be like this hidden meaning deep movie, but in such a way that it was pretentious. You get what I'm saying? Like I can yes. I can watch a movie without a plot and be like, okay, that was cool. And like right. I can watch a movie with meaning and be like, that was cool. I took something from it. But this just felt like it was trying too hard to do both of those things. What I think this is trying to be is sort of like a fable or an allegory or sort of like a fairy tale. About what? That's what's left to be determined. I'm not sure. I think okay. I just think that it feels like the kind of movie where nobody has a real name. There's right? rat, it's like there's bones. face, there's 
bully. That's all like the names that we have. Like they're not like they're they're sort of nicknames, but like we don't get their actual names. So there's like that sort of thing. But there's no fucking way that Sersha's name nickname is Rat because she didn't have a rat long enough to have a nickname to be Rat. So like that was kind of stupid and pretentious to me. Well, get what I, I'm saying? That's, I think this is the kind of movie where either you buy in or you don't, and you didn't. And I did. I did for most of it, but I can also see I'm also way more into sort of like weird let this movie sort of take me where we're going movies than you are. But at the same time, this is not a movie that I can really fully defend and say, oh no, this is like purely good and you should like it and you're dumb for not getting it. Because like I don't know that there is really stuff to get, which I feel a there's not there's bad exactly about saying because you know it's written directed by our guy. Yeah, I like that's what I'm saying. I feel like he came off of Only God Forgives and Drive. And he had kind of this like very loose story, loose plot, kind of like take you on a visual experience kind of movie. And then he gave it like enough plot that something was happening, but doesn't explain what's happening. There's a lot of elements to a lot of his movies in this. It was the whole housing crisis shit, right? So like this is like a prequel to The Big Short because we just watched The Big Short. It is the housing crisis, but I think on a grander scale, and this is actually something that I really genuinely love about this movie, it's that it feels and really truly is Detroit. Like they shot in Detroit. It's just it's Detroit absolute, for sure. Because like in in the Big Short, we go to those neighborhoods and we see the m- massive, beautiful mansions yeah. that are just empty and they're abandoned and people just moved out because they can't afford. They're like, hey, I'm just not going to pay my mortgage anymore. Good luck, you know, getting back from me or whatever. Yeah, right? but those people aren't like the desperate bottom of the barrel people like in Detroit. Right. This is like. These people, I mean, she was, you know, she was qualified for a loan that she didn't, like, she, you know, Christina Hendricks, Joan from Mad Men. Yes, uh, that's why I know her from. This. She's also in Drive with Gosling, so we'll get to that shortly. Oh, I forgot she was months. in Drive. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yes. I think a lot of the people in this he worked with before, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. I don't know if he, actually, I don't know if he worked with Saoirse, like, you know that he worked with her, I know that he worked with Ben Mendelsohn. I, know I love Sersha. We all love Sersha. We're very... Yeah. In this family, we are very proud of Sersha. We're pro-Sersha. I'm pro-Sersha. We love and adore Sersha. He fell in love with the idea of shooting in Detroit when he filmed The Ides of March, which, shout out to P.S. I Love Hoffman, that was a Hoffman-Gosling collab from 2011, I want to say, so we'll get to that So we'll get there, too. okay. There is the element of that she wasn't qualified for the loan, or she shouldn't have qualified for the loan or everything, but I think it's more like a... What I like about it is that it's the crumbling of a society, not necessarily... It's not about the banks or the bankers. It's, it's about not, sort of right. that grind, that American dream sort of thing, which it is related in a way, and I like that you brought that up. It's more more of like a metaphor, more of like a... You know what I wish? What? If I wanted this movie to be better for me, yeah. this movie needed to take place about two years before it takes place. Like, where the whole neighborhood isn't demolished yet. They're not the only house on the whole street. There's maybe, like, four or five families left. Okay. And all of them are struggling. Like, it just needed more characters. Like, I never really say that, but, like, I feel like this movie needed more characters. I like that it didn't have very many. I like that it was just basically, like, the eight people that we see and that's it. Like, I like But that I didn't really like any of the characters. That's the well, whole point. I, I mean, there's me. also that. Like, I didn't really yeah. like any. I, I like the son. I like the older son son who is bones mm-hmm. i want to say in this yeah it's bones yeah he plays fits on agents of shield he's one of okay. the uh, scientists so i like him in that no see you're saying you like the actors well, and no, i but, like no, the but actors I, but I, also li- I, like, I like him in this movie and i like him and Sersha together because at its core but this are movie they together is, see well, i'm not for a... dating but they are 
they're the together oh, okay, so, in that they're both like above this place. Okay, so does Sersha Sersha lives with her grandma next and the door. only other house on the street, yes. not next door because there's like fifty houses missing, but like the only other house on the street, right? Well, I, I think it is next door because at the very very end of the movie, when their house is on fire, they're on the, the porch the main and they can family's see it. front porch, and I think it's next door. I think it's next door, but whatever it is, they're the only other family on the street. Yes. Okay. That's what confused me for a while because like I would see them hanging out, but like they don't even tell you that Sersha's the chick next door. You don't find out that she's the the girl from next door until like later in the movie. Like you know, like it just happens to you. It's it's I, such a weird yeah. thing. So this is not a movie that's very well received by critics or by audiences. I mean, good. We, we I'm glad that I'm on the later, same page. Letterbox does like it because Letterbox loves Gaz. Of course, yeah. They don't want to disappoint Daddy Gaz. Yeah. I think there is an all right assumption that the movie makes you take in that there's not that many people in this movie, so we sort of assume that they're all connected. Because there's basically the two oh, that's families... That's a shitty... Wait, that's a, uh, that's a shitty explanation for it. I mean, like, well, I'll accept yeah. it, but I don't like it. Like, just because there's so little characters, they're all connected. Like, come on. like. But that makes sense, though, doesn't it? It does. It does, but I don't like it. I don't have to Cause, accept cause that. Because think about how weird it would be if they if they were... Because, like, the same thing in, like, Song of Song, there's only, like, eight characters, and they're all connected. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same sort of thing. But I, in the same sense, I feel like that does this kind kind of type of what this wants to do better in the sense that like it just happens it just flows you just like day in the life and it works this is too much in between shit like Gaz was watching too many movies and was like i like this he tried to do like a tarantino of shit that he liked from different movies and it doesn't piece together for me get what i'm saying do you like do you have specific examples the okay we tell a little bit of, like we have the scene where she talks about the housing market like why is that scene included why can't they just be poor and have their houses getting ripped down like that could have been like i can't pay the rent you know what i mean like she could have had a conversation with her son and been like we're three months behind on the rent with the bulldozers there and we could have found out that way but like no we need to introduce this guy the grandmother being like dressed up all the time like we had no explanation of that there's just like a lot of like pieces and like the coloring of only god forgives but at the same time like not being as far off and weird and no explanation at all like it's just like a bits and pieces of things that he likes from other movies so that is true, but I also think that, like, if you do that right, there's a way to do that and pay homage to other movies and not make it feel like a knockoff. Like, Tarantino explicitly true. does that, and people don't really hold it against them, no. against him. I think the first two examples of, like, the actual, like, open and frank discussion of the housing market, and then also the grandma sort of wanted to relive her glory days, I think they are both, maybe they're heavy-handed, but I think that they're both good metaphors for, like, a time that they wish it was as opposed to trying to deal with the reality of now. Okay. Like, the okay. grandma is obliterated by the death of her husband, so she just keeps watching their wedding video over and over and over again, and okay. she dresses up like that. Like, she wants to be in the past. She's, she has no interest in the present. She wants to be in the past. Which everybody's sort of like, nobody is happy with their current day. They're all either looking to the future or to the past. So I like yeah. that. I, I, don't, I think that they could have maybe done more with her character, but she's sort of just such a background figure... That just but why is she is... a background character? We don't have any fucking characters in this movie. Like, well, that's a, I mean, that's another thing. But yeah, I think that her presence is justified, and I think the discussion in Ben Mendelsohn's bank manager office, 
where he comes in and like they're just like you know all this different housing stuff i mean that's something that also in the movie it follows which i really really love they talk like pretty just openly about detroit and like just about oh like i never understood like why i couldn't go south of eight mile and like there i think there is this trend if you will or this theme or whatever to like it's a little meta maybe or a little on the nose but it's about people talking about the world that they live in and like it's maybe for a movie it doesn't work and it's not as subtle as you want like you maybe you want to see you know show don't tell but it also i think sort of makes sense that like they're all trying to make sense of the world around them and like of course they're going to talk about it you know what i mean yeah but in a movie that has very little dialogue the dialogue that you should be fed should be like poignant like it, it should it should match like it should be exactly what you need to hear like it's it has like a lot of extraneous dialogue for a movie that doesn't have much dialogue, in my opinion. I get it. That's That was, like, my first qualm with it. We get the setting. I think that maybe if we had grown up in Detroit, we would have a different perspective of this movie. Like, maybe it would, like, hit more home for me. Like, I wouldn't feel like such an outsider to the movie. You came from a city, not really, like, these, like, the, the messy suburbs, but, like, I'm sure you grew up where, like just like shit was just got shut down because like people like it, i feel like oh that, pittsburgh like, was run is, down when i was a yeah, kid yeah it's yeah, like, like it was, it was, it was a, a city that was collar movie a yeah, blue collar town yeah true i'm just saying like it's i different. think maybe what's weird is that i think maybe your problem is that this movie isn't long enough yeah <laughs> it felt very very long like i know me. i know and like that's why i said it's 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 weird but i think that like if he added more characterization i think so and i think story so and yep. backstory and all this and like gave everything that we had purpose and meaning or more of it i think you would have liked it more and i think that this movie I do. That you struggle to get through the 95 minutes because this is a really short movie this is like, very short in the scheme so of things because we fucking watched blade runner for three hours so like right. and like remember song of song was like two hours and five minutes or whatever yeah and i was like there's a seven hour cut of that and by the end i sort of convinced you that like yeah maybe you want to watch a seven hour cut like i feel like yeah. these kind of movies that just sort of meander i think sometimes more actually is more like instead of like less is more i think like more can be more i think so too i think that if we would have just even if i would have just spent more time with some of the main characters yeah i would have been more emotionally invested from that sense too i can agree with that yeah we talked about all the housing shits yeah let's get to the next big thing yeah the fucking the the fun house okay there's like to me there's three parts of this movie there's like the housing shit going on. Yep. There's the fun house. Yep. And then there's the dino park. Yes, there is the, you know, like, I own this fucking copper, I own this fucking city, that whole thing. Yeah, the dino park. Is that what you're talking about? Well, the you're dino park the, and just, you know, what's the underwater I I, I, lost I'm river. trying to remember anybody's names because they're not real names. The guy who plays Doctor Who, Matt Smith. Bully. He's the guy who cuts the rat's head off and oh, cuts God, faces, yeah. lips off. That's the dino park. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, the reservoir, the lost river, like, they flooded it, the dino park, the big dinosaur head underwater, this yep. whole thing. Yep. Okay. But anyways, back to the fun house. Okay. We get shown this fun house. You know, like, the first time we see it, I thought this was a really great scene. You see Eva Mendez. You see somebody come out and stab her. Yep. You see the crowd going nuts. You see her wink at the camera, which is great. Exactly. I'm very confused. I thought maybe she would have actually gotten murdered, but no, turns out it's just part of the show. She winks at the camera. Right. I was like, Phew, we're taking a good turn in this movie. 
this is the kind of scenes there's not a lot happening but like you can tell a lot with just what's going on yeah. right so like you figure out like oh the fun house is like this like you know acting place like you know play or whatever so that part's really cool and then you know we get um the redheaded lady what's her name christina hendrix christina hendrix we billy. get her yes we get billy and she's like kind of flirting with this idea if she's gonna work there she you know she doesn't have really an act or anything like that well that well we have to, to set that up is that the bank manager the guy who is basically brought in from wherever which to I get clean this, up the mess. This this is probably part of the reason why they have like the discussion because it's a it's a vehicle to get here, right? Yeah. So like as much so as I think the discussion was useless. The night like he hosts the club that Ava Mendez works in. Christine Hendricks is like, hey, I need to pay off my loan. I don't want to lose this house. He's like, well, I have a job for you if you want it, and doesn't tell her what it is. No, so but he like makes like, it very very here. like assumed that he wants her to start prostituting. Yes. You know, eventually she sort of does. Well, of. yeah, but this, like, what the fuck? Okay, so we get to the fun house. Yeah. You know, a couple of scenes in the fun house, because this movie's, like, very loosely edited, too, right? Like, everything's kind of happening at the same time, but you well, can't you, really you tell. were asking me if it's one timeline or two. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if it was one timeline or two, but it's it's definitely one. It's definitely happening at the same time. And she takes her downstairs, and she shows her, what is it called? The They call it something, the... Like not the cage, but they call it like the, it's like the, oh yeah, it's like the chamber. I don't know what they call it, but it's like the chamber. The room. Chamber. Like these like it's like yeah. they have like these basically like sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Yeah, it's like shaped like a woman, proportionate to a woman, but is is this hard plastic see through shell, right? And that's where if you perf- if you quote unquote perform down there, you keep all the money that you get. Yes. And so the idea behind those rooms is that the woman will go in the cage, in the coffin, in the sarcophagus, whatever. And then they'll, like, lock themselves in. There's only, like, a lock, like, a button inside. So they're not allowed to, like, nobody can get in. Guys pay to just do whatever they want in that room. Is that what it was, though? Because yeah. they don't really tell you whatever happens in that room. This is this right. is the problem, the qualm that I had. It's like, you go down there, and I thought, like, okay, they could be shooting at it, right? Because we saw, like, a stabbing upstairs. Like, maybe you could, like, shoot some kind of pellets at it. I think it's, you like, could... it's you can do whatever you want to it. And, like, it just sort of, like, meant, like, you're there to, like, terrify or seduce or whatever like it's just like degrading and humiliating to women basically it's sort of like westworld it's like you can go here and act out your most vile impulses and there's no consequences okay okay and so she's just like protected by this thing so you you could probably go down there and beat it with a bat if you wanted to right or jack off in front of it whatever you want right which is why at the end when ben Mendelssohn has a button to open it it's like such a violation because like that's not supposed to exist yeah so then we get there and like finally after we like flirt with you know, 10 scenes of like, this is down there. This is de- the chamber's down there. The chamber's down there. She doesn't know if she wants to do it. The chamber's down there. She's claustrophobic. She's claustrophobic. He's saying he likes to fuck in the car. <laughs> yeah. And then she finally commits to doing it. And, and then her son comes down there and sees her in it. Yes. And that's kind of weird. Yeah. Right? Like, what an awkward timing. Like, what part of the movie is, is this for? I don't know why that was necessary. But then we see, like, he comes down there. And then what does he do? He just, like, does this, like, sexy dance for himself for 20 minutes. Which I loved. Which I loved. You loved that? I did. Because I love him. Like, I really, no, really I like get that. Mendelsohn. If you just remove that scene and it's just him dancing in front of this thing... I get how that's cool, right? Like, that's that's not bad. The fucking whole narrative of the story. Like, she finally goes in this thing, and he just comes down there and dances in front of her. Like, that's fucking weird. Well, so so in this movie, there are really kind of... There's a couple different villains. There is the obvious bully villain. He's yes. the one that cuts off the rat's head. He's the one that cuts off the lips We'll of get there, face. yeah. 
all that sort of stuff. We're going to get to that. But there's okay. also this bigger villain who seems more harmless at first, but is actually like a bigger villain. Like, Bully is just the bully. Like, he is just a yeah, punk he's just kid beat somebody up. he's yeah. king shit. But, like, you put him in his place, or, you know, eventually by the end of the movie, spoiler, he'll die. You know, he's easy to take out, take down a peg. He's just a kid who just is, like, king of the playground. Ben Mendelsohn seems like this good guy, like, willing to work for people. No. this deeper, more nefarious, like... He never seemed like a good guy, ever. He started well, out with the fucking, you can be a prostitute to pay your rent. No way. But he was he never is, a good guy. But to the, to the public, to the world, I'm saying, he is a bank employee, he is the host of this evening, he's this guy who, like, this is a the fucking world weird, upstairs. shady evening. Well, but he also, like, he sings to the crowd. Like, I think to the he's world... He seems like an upstanding citizen, especially like somebody who lives like above the drudgery and like the the broken town of this all. I think you're giving. I think he's he's a creep from the get. I just have creep senses from like even before oh, no, he but said like what you we should see. A... He's definitely creep from the get. But okay. I'm just saying to the world, I think that he, he might can not be, be this kind creepy. of like better guy. And then okay. you see his true impulses, where it's not only to insinuate that like, hey, I got you this job, like we're gonna fuck now, right? And then to violate her trust in opening that little sarcophagus, and then, you know, she stabs and kills him. Or they're trying to be, and maybe it's not successful enough, but I think they're trying to, Ryan Gosling is trying to say, hey, there's this guy who, like, even the heads of our community, the pillars of our community, they are the ones who betray us the most or whatever. Yeah, and with a little bit more time, maybe that could have been developed into what you're assuming that gosling meant with this right like if we could have seen him doing something good like actually trying to help them also being super creepy i think it would have worked a little bit better but like in what we saw it's a little truncated like it's just a little short to get the full scope of like he's a good guy and a bad guy and which one is he and stuff like that yeah that was my qualms with this part so like you said eventually she like opens it she had the knife that we saw earlier when well, she, she cuts her taxi. face off at one point what she cuts her face off like her act upstairs is she cuts her face off oh is it i missed that part i don't know how oh I yeah missed it, there, but... there's a whole thing that's a, it's a really cool i can't believe you missed that it's a really cool scene where just like ava mendes gets stabbed and killed christina yes. hendrix comes out and pulls a knife to her face and basically cuts all the way around her face and then literally peels her face off and puts it on like a mannequin head. Oh, like a fake face? Like she had like a mask on or something? Yeah. It's oh, that's super cool. cool. Okay. Yeah, I totally missed that. I don't know how I blanked on it, just missed it. Yeah, so she has the knife that we saw with the guy, with the taxi cab driver, who's a very small character and like he just becomes important at some point and so she stabs him and then this is another thing like she stabs him in the ear which is his only good ear so there's like some kind of symbolism there right but it's overt but not overt like this is like one of these things like if if i pick up on symbolism the symbolism's too (laughs) heavy-handed okay because like i'm really bad at this so like when i saw that i was like oh she stabbed him in the ear that was his good ear cool like i get the symbol like that's generally my gauge of like what a symbol should be in a movie right like unless you tell me it happened then it's not a good symbol sure okay wrap up the whole funhouse thing that was my whole take on the (laughs) funhouse that's what that's what happened in my eyes but i do think that that is the well of the three i guess we could talk about the third one but like of the three which is your favorite which is your least favorite of the segments if the movie was if you cut all the movie out except the funhouse part of the movie that and expanded that that would be the best movie 
Okay. Yeah. If you just like remove Sersha and the kid, which I liked Sersha, I don't, I have no problems with her. But if you cut it out and just shot just that fun house, like everything that goes on with that, and all the characters in the room, I think that you could have turned that into a, a, an hour and a half, two hour movie that would have been more interesting than this whole story. Well, I think that the club is the most like a David Lynch movie in here. Like I think yeah. it's especially like the end of Mulholland Drive, like Club Silencio. Like there is a history of like creepy, weird club scenes. It's also it Fine. could expand into something like you know Eyes Wide Shut. Like it could become like a sex Absolutely. cult too. Yep, exactly. It could, it, there's so many ways you could go with this, and it was super fascinating to me, even with my qualms about the showing me the chamber 700 times without telling me what actually happens in there that frustrated me. I think that was the most interesting part, and I think that we could add many more rooms, we could have had like a whole bunch of stuff, and if I, if I would have seen that movie, I would have been much happier. Okay. So then there is the third part, which is the dino park. It starts, you can go back to the beginning, it starts with Bones is trying to make some money, so he's he's stealing copper. Yep. From housing. Yes. From abandoned housing. Yeah. Bully owns all this. He even, like, rides down the street in his car, like, with, like, a megaphone, like, saying, like, I own this fucking copper. I own this fucking city. Yeah, he he has this car that has, like, a seat in the back, like, on the top, and he kind of sits on it like a throne, like a chariot, and he says that, like, this is my, yeah, this is my city, this is my copper, come on, like, when I find you, I'm gonna fucking kill you, like, don't show your face here, because yep. he knows somebody's stealing some of the copper, right? Yep. And there's only, like, eight people left in Detroit, so, like, it's gotta be... <laughs> yeah, it's either Sersha, the grandma, or we know yep. they're all connected, according to your logic, so... It has to be one of them. So he goes, and they have, like, the first, like, showdown, right? He's trying to leave the building. He sees him. He finds out it's it's Bones. Bones drops the bag, just runs for it. He gets away. Yep. Next act part of this, he breaks into, like, what looks like these pavilions over water. Yeah. And we realize that that's where the bullies, like, hideout kind of is, right? This is, like, his home base. His Right. There he has like a storage of a lot of copper. The reason that this is all sort of like goofy and watery and whatever is that they tried to build a reservoir and they when they dammed this river, it yeah. flooded like seven towns. And so there's like an entire town underwater, which I guess that's what sort of bully owns, maybe. Is this real by the way? Do I you think know it's like probably I think there I think it I would has guess to be it's real, probably right? I don't know if it's like verbatim like this is this story of this but like i think it probably happened yeah right okay so i feel like yeah i feel like this could be real too this could be a real part of thing but i didn't look it up to see if there's like any suburbs in detroit that were flooded yeah i don't know i don't know if it's I don't, like i also don't know if this is set in detroit like do they ever it say feels it like detroit. detroit i don't think so but i but it I, is. much like but you when i saw it i felt detroit so yeah and that's where we're shot so what it did is that it flooded these towns and it also sort of like i guess like stranded or abandoned this town that they then called Lost River because the river stopped or changed or whatever and sort yeah. of separated this town from the rest of the world. And so I guess it's just being bought up by developers or like left to rot or whatever. Yeah, and like a bunch of the things are underground, including this old dinosaur park. We know this because Sersha shows Bones that there's a video because he's like kind of wondering about it she says oh no my grandma knew about this she always used to tell us a story i have a video of it here's the video the video says same shit that Sersha just said so we repeat it for importance the video says that there's a curse on the town and to reverse the curse oh you have to like bring the beast's head from under from in the town and like remove it or do something with it yes okay that would have been an important part for me to catch but i missed that <laughs> 
Yeah, I was too hung up on the... I saw the dinosaur park, and I got really excited. Like, I was writing all kinds of Jurassic World notes in my... Yeah, I was stoked. I was like, fucking Jurassic Park here. Like, this is going to be sick. Maybe there's going to be some, like, velociraptors on the loose. That would have been much cooler. He goes, and then he steals the copper. He he finds the home base, right? Which is near the dino park. He goes, he steals copper directly from the bully. It's, like, either car parts or copper. I think it's car parts and copper because... For some reason, his car starts working later, and he has copper, and the guy's like, you shouldn't have stolen copper from this guy. That's when we find out that he cut the lips off the other kid, but we haven't really seen it yet, right? Or did he cut the lips off of two kids? Because the, the no, guy he cut th- the lips off the one kid because he let Bones go. Like, he managed to let Bones escape, and oh. that was his punishment. So he just cuts lips off of people all the time. Well, I think it's just like that's just what he did to Face, and that's just why he calls him Face. No, because because when he goes to the junkyard to try to get rid of this copper that he stole, the guy at the junkyard tells him, did you see the Chinese kid that was stealing copper? Because he cut his lips off, too. So yeah, I guess that's just like his thing. Yeah, just like his, it's his calling card. Yeah. Just no, lips with scissors, man. Super chill, super laid back. <laughs> Real casual. Cut their lips off. Yeah. Not tongue, because tongue would make sense, right? But, like, lips? like just well, like, face. tongue you can sort of, like, pass as normal in the real world. You cut your lips off. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. How the fuck could you remain friends with someone that cut your lips off? Well, there's nobody else in town. Like, see, like, I have no friends or have Bully as a friend. You could be friends with Bones and just you turn on Bully. Bones. bones and Sarsha do seem pretty cool. That's what I mean. I'd be like, I don't care if there's three people left in my town. The kid that cut my lips off is no longer my friend. I agree. Okay, so, weirdness. So, okay, so we got this, cut the lips off. Then we go back, like, he wants to go there and he wants to look underwater, right? Yes. So he looks underwater the first time, he sees Nessie, one of the random dinosaurs from the dino park, he sees, like, the head of it. And we're like, okay, that's weird, he sees it through the water. You know, go through, back sex club. Then him and Sersha want to go for a walk, like, they want to go on a date, kind of. Super cute. It is really cute. It's really cute. He makes his mom take his little brother to the sex club. Well, not sex club, but like the sex club. He's right. like, yeah, mom, can not you take super the- cute. Not super cute. Not a cool move. Why in a town with no one? Why can't you just bring your little brother with you on your like quasi date? Like, I mean, Sersha knows he exists. So like, they go to the gas station. When they're in the gas station, obviously there's nobody in this town. So bully and face show up. Yep. He hides, and they don't. They don't know quotation marks don't know that Sersha is like friends with him but there you know there's only five people in the town so and they're not friends with Sersha so they know that Sersha's friends with him. <laughs> exactly then we have this like weird thing Sersha comes out she tries to save him by having them take her home and she's like oh my name's rat because I have this rat and the kid's like oh I want to like drop you off I'm gonna walk you to the door can I see the rat and she's like no and he's like it's in your pocket and she's like okay and he's like cool and that just cuts its head off with fucking scissors. asshole. With a pair yeah, of that scissors. was like that was that was fucking terrible. Yep. That was like a really horrible scene for me. This poor girl, we're in a town that no one has anything, and this dickhead has to kill her pet, which is a rat that she probably like found on the street somewhere. Probably so, like she like went to the pet store and bought this rat. Where's the fucking pet store underwater? That was emotionally tolling for me to see the rat's head cut off. The kid comes back. Oh well, no, when they're leaving, they say, "Hey, tell Bones that we said hi or whatever." Yeah, so they know. So that you get the cue that they knew that she was friends with them. Bones comes back and she's like, "Oh my god, my rat!" And she's like crying, just holding the like bottom half of the rat that's cut in half. Yep. You know, she's all strung out about it, and he's like, "I know what to do. I have to go rip the head off the underwater dinosaur." He's going to reverse the curse. Underwater dinosaur, middle of the night, inflatable raft. That's what I'm going to do. So he goes out there, saws 
the di does he cut himself by the way because there's like blood in the water i don't know if it's like part of the dinosaur or if he cut himself at some point i don't know i think i feel like rust when rust hits the water it looks like blood i don't know okay so something happens but like you know cuts the head off the dinosaur all the lights come on in the park bully knows he's there yeah gets back to his car his car's on fire bully just like starts driving at him and his response is to throw the dinosaur head into his window and this is actually a super, super cool scene because we have... It is a cool the scene. The soundtrack is bumping. We have yeah. Ben Mendelsohn dancing in front of the cage. In True. Front of, like, before, right before he's about to get stabbed. All the edits together, yes. I, I do like this. Yeah. face in Grandma's house, lighting the house Setting on it on fire. fire yeah. Like a dickhead. And they yeah. both die. And yeah. then we have Bully about to run Bones over. At the last minute, Bones throws the dinosaur head, throws Nessie's head through the windshield, careens the car into the car on fire, Bully goes through the windshield, gets stuck, his head trapped underwater, and drowns underwater. Yeah, he, like, hangs out the front and, like, is, like, pinned between the cars or something, and it's just, like, trapped and drowns. Yeah. They walk home, Grandma's house is on fire, the cab driver saves the day just by like being there helpful and the movie ends yeah yeah that's what happened like i think if it had done a better job of doubling down as an actual fairy tale like as like a what a do you real, mean like real life fable like i think it would have been better i think that's what they were going for i think that's what ryan gosling was going for and just doesn't quite get what do you mean there. like the curse the curse part like if you focus more on that i think yeah like if that's the main driving through line as opposed to but it kind of comes late, and it and it ends really well, I, quick. So, like, my problem is that I like every individual part of this movie. I just don't necessarily like the way that they are together. And I know you don't like the way that they are together. I feel like you don't like most of the movie. I like the way I like each of the three stories. No, I now just, that you're saying it, there's like the tiny, the short film getting the head and throwing it through the car is cool. The short film debaucherous nightclub is cool. The short film of like a relationship between Sersha and the kid in a rundown town is cool. So I agree that I like like bits and pieces of it. I just don't think it's fit well together. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you. Like I wish it fit better together. I I like this more than you did. I don't think that it's great. I like a lot of it. It's difficult to make a movie, and like I think that this is not no. terrible for a first movie. Absolutely, I mean, that's the that's the end point that I want to get to. Like before we like finish talking about the movie like for a first movie we can see a lot of the influences in it i think yeah. but for like writing and directing a movie it's a pretty fucking good shot like i don't think i could do much better than this yeah no i mean like it looks beautiful throughout. it looks gorgeous like just the cinematography alone like the camera setups backgrounds like the whole like set is nice I think that there is also, like, the, the other, like, what would have been way worse, like, way more boring is if he took, like, a really careful and, like, a sort of a boring movie. What's really cool about what we've done here on the network is that the one movie Cage directed and the one movie Keanu directed, neither of those are really safe. Like, the Cage movie is about James Franco coming back from war and being a male prostitute in New Orleans. Okay, yeah, we like talked about this a little bit. Cracked out drug lord, which is great. And then Keanu is a movie mostly not in English. It's Man of Tai Chi, and it is, like, this really, really killer martial arts movie where he plays the villain and like it's 
one of his best movies, I, like without a doubt. Like it's what it's. I think Mike might have even in the Golden Hot Dogs, the Keanu Club Awards. I think Mike might have said this was his best film. Just like it's just like wow. it blew him away so much. So like okay. both of those were not safe, and this again is not a safe pick in the type of movie you could do. Like, I agree. Would be, like, if he just did, like, an indie drama, like, it would... It would have like, been it, so fucking boring. I agree, dude. It just, like, like, any other I, one I of these I would rather movies. have, like, weird messes like this to talk about than just, like, a, a Saoirse and Bones love story. Yeah, it would have been any other, you know, fucking Sundance... Oscar bait type movie yep. like it would have just been you know whatever quirky love story day in the life like whatever I agree I, I I do like that he took a risk I think that he needed to hone it in a little bit more I think it was a little premature I think that a lot of it could have used a little bit of tweaking and or that's just that's blow it out like make it. it bigger either make yeah. it bigger or make her smaller yeah like 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 I said all three of those separate movies I think if he would have just done the fucking nightclub movie I think it would have been a really, really interesting, cool thing. But the parts that try to make it a, like a moral story or what you call it a fairy tale, it feels a little pretentious to me because there's like some stuff that is like very heavy-handed in what it's showing you, and some stuff that's like hard to see. So it's like it's it wants to tell you some things but not tell you everything. It's just like pick a nice flow, right? So what I think is going to be interesting to see your perspective is that in a few movies, might I think it's coming really soon. Let me just take a look at okay. when it's going to be. Hang on. Three movies from now is The Place Beyond the Pines, which is the movie where I think he met Ben Mendelsohn, who's in it. He's great in that movie. That is almost literally three stories. Like, there's one chunk, then there's another chunk, and then there's a third that sort of kind of blends a few of the, a few of the elements of the first two. So I feel okay. like that is, in ways, a lot like this, but it's more segmented out. And there's sort of a definitive, like, beginning and end to things. Like, it's different characters and different stories and different arcs and everything. This is, like, three different stories that try to all blend together and do, because we're all, like, Bones is the through line of all of them. Yes, he is. But it could have been better. Uh, For a first written and directed movie, you didn't do a bad job. It's just very apparent that you can see the heat. Now that you say The Place Between the Pines is, like, three separate stories... Yep. kind of makes sense, right? You see where he's picking up all of these things yep. that he was learning along the way and was like, oh, I like these. Let me try to do a movie like the ones that I was in that I like. And it just doesn't work to the ability that I... He should have He should have wrote most of the script, given it to someone that could, like, make it happen and did, like, a co-authorship. And, yep. like, you know, like, if you brought David Lynch in to do this with you, right? Can you imagine, like, the vision you would have had? Like, and, like, how much it would have, like, better interwoven it just i i wanted more i wanted more for our boy that was it i just i, I wanted him to do better that's maybe we'll get another to... maybe i mean we can only hope i want him to live his best cause that's it so some trivia about the movie uh during Q and A Q&A with guillermo del toro during 2014 south by southwest ryan Ooh. gosling joked that ava mendes was his quote unpaid intern because she helped with the script helped buy and make costumes but refused to be credited for any of those things in the actual final movie. So, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I kind of like it. I, that's couples like, that make you movies know, together stay together. Yeah, you know, like as a couple, she was like, "This is your project," and he was like, "Oh, well, you helped me so much." And she's like, "No, I get it, man. This was like your vision. I was just helping." That's kind of cool. I dig it. The original name of this movie was How to Catch a Monster, which I don't think is a very good movie. I also do remember vaguely. I don't remember. It wasn't in the IMDb trivia, but I think from what I remember reading or hearing or at the Q&A is that like there was going to be... I think at one point the little brother was gonna be like the main character. And it was gonna be like a really wildly different story, and then that didn't pan out. And I don't remember all the details of that, but I remember it being like a 
oh, well, like, that didn't work the way we wanted to, so we have to, like, sort of make this other movie instead. It kind of feels like that. Now that you say that, it kind of feels like that, right? It feels like they kind of, like, worked with what they had. Yeah, yeah. Because if you saw, if you again, amazing, now that you just opened my mind to it, like, if you saw this movie through the eyes of the of the younger brother, yep. it'd be a completely different movie, and it will be very interesting. Very I would like to see how that panned out. You know, like, you find out your mom's in this weird sex club all of a sudden, like, just one night, you know? Like, that would be really weird, yep. so... Gosling shot over 200 hours of footage on 35mm, which means that this movie was fucking expensive to make. Yes. 200 hours of footage for an hour and a half? Yep. Jesus. The reception at Khan was mixed, and Warner was like, ooh, I don't know, maybe we should sell the distribution <laughs> rights, because like, we're not sure if we want to release it. They eventually did, and they also just put it out in theaters and on demand at the same time. Yuck, that's always a terrible move, right? Not great. Not a good sign if you release in theaters and in on demand at the same time. So this guy, Johnny Jewell, who made Why didn't the they soundtrack? send somebody in? Wait, hold on. Why didn't they send somebody in to, like, help him? You know what I mean? Maybe he didn't want it. Maybe he wanted to be like, this is mine, and I want to do it on my own. I don't know, like, what the deal is that he I, I don't know i don't know because i feel like warner could have like been seeing some of it and been like you know what look how about we just send in gilmoto toro talk to him you yeah. know just like let him come in and just just bounce some ideas off of him see what happens yeah so johnny jewel who did the soundtrack uh when gosling texted him outlining the influences and the vibe of the film his reply was quote dark goonies cool Ugh. Okay. Um, so <laughs> weird. So the guy at the very beginning of the movie who was leaving, like he was like walking out of town, and then there's that scene in the middle where Bully Matt Smith, the Doctor from Doctor Who, is sort of in that he's like dancing and like kind of arguing and having that conversation with Mary Lou, aka Mama Aris. Like they're just both locals. Who yes. Are just like around, and they oh. just incorporate into the movie, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. She she was awesome. She was a great character for yeah. like being a very small side character. I really liked him, like, arguing with this, like, old older black lady, just like, what are you, is she, and she just responds so, so naturally, it really showed through, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, good writing, like, this is great dialogue, and so now it makes more sense that he's just, like, <laughs> rambling nonsense at her. Yep. I like it. So that's all I got for trivia. Is there any other notes that you had about the movie that you wanted to talk about before we move on to the games and other segments? I made a lot of references to other movies. This is one and a half hours of what... What does this fucking box do? Not what's in the box. (laughs) Oh, he says at one point, I'm wild for the night. Fuck being polite. And I was really hoping the Skrillex song was going to come in in the background. Did you catch that? Yeah, he's in the the club talking to to the redhead, and he's like, I'm wild for the night. Fuck being polite. And I was just like waiting for like ASAP to just like start rapping on stage. But no, we got like the other guy singing. Yep. And then at the very end, I went... Damn it, right in the good ear! And that's all I could think about. <laughs> so that's how I got through the movie. Those were all my notes that I missed. Yeah. Cool. Well, I dig it. Oh, good. I'm glad. I, yeah. Add some Skrillex, Fight Club references, and uh, what's what does this box do? <laughs> Tell me what the box does. So our first segment is our next segment, I guess. So we have a first segment, which is Gaz Malaz. Uh, it's, hey, guys, what's in your hands? What's in your hand, guys? What's in your hands? And so there is no Gosling in this movie. I guess we could just talk about things in people's hands. There is the dinosaur head, which is kind of cool. But there's Brad. also Ben Mendelsohn sings at one point, which I like, and he dances, which I really like. So that's sort of yeah, the musical. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah, he does sing, and we get, a, we get a singing and a dancing. I liked it. We got it a rat Gaz, in but... Sersha's hands. Yes, I said that. I like the rat in Sersha's hands. Yeah, I think those were the main copper maybe copper and some hands copper and some hands yeah yeah there was some interesting scissors movie scissors 
for sure. Did for you see the sure. big graffiti with the scissors on the one wall there, by the way? That's a pretty cool tag. I mean, if we were running around cutting people's lips off, I'm going <laughs> to fucking paint scissors on the wall, too. Like, this is my town, bitch. I run the scissors. That's yep. what it is. Yep. Yeah. Next segment up is mailbag. So here we... we okay, so we have five emails. It's really just two. Jess. Okay. But we're going to go. So the first one is from Jess Collins, Jess Knight. Jess Montez. Super fan Jess Montez. Okay. So she says, Gosling fact, and she puts a picture in mm-hmm. here. So put the picture in this. Oh, I want to see. I want to see. She says, you know, so you don't have to guess anymore. And it just says, Ava Mendes and Ryan Gosling, this super secretive couple is rarely seen together, so much so that it can be easy to forget that the stars got married in 2011 and have two daughters. So like that just saw this married? very obvious fact and was like, hey, they'll like this. <laughs> yeah, but didn't we have a discussion about this? Like, aren't don't we, like, it's not confirmed that they're married, right? I'm not it's sure. Like, I didn't think they we were like married. I thought know? they were just together. It just says, because on Google it just says partner Ava Mendez. See, exactly. So who knows? I think that we know that they got married in 2011, but like they've been so secret about it, they haven't even told anyone that they got married. Like It's like a very secret marriage. This yeah. is a very secret marriage. Okay. All right. So then the next email. So thank you, Jess Montez, for illuminating you, us for, with that fact from L.com. I'm glad you were thinking about us. You see Gaz and you just think about us. I appreciate it. Next email from Melissa Lynham, friend of the show, Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Karen Gillen, who last episode we were talking about, were like, hey, let us know. She was in, she was, remember she was the redhead by the pool? And I was like, I think she's from Doctor Who, but I'm not sure. What movie was it? Big Short. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the big short. Okay. So she says, hello, friends. To answer your Karen Gillan cues, she was the 11th Doctor's companion in Talek's, because that was the word I was trying to remember. I was like, it's like the Doctor's friend or whatever. Companion, Amy Pond. She says, the 11th Doctor is Matt Smith, and then in parentheses, you'll recognize him from Lost River, and then in brackets, good timing. Number one, I'd like that there is the connection between last movie and this movie that it's the doctor and the companion companion last movie doctor this movie i also really appreciate melissa's dedication to parentheses and brackets which as you know if you read my you specifically not the listener if you read my monthly cage club newsletter yes i go ham on the parentheses i even call out the fact i'm I'm using too many parentheses so i like i love she doubles down here i do i use them in text too I love them. She says there's a new companion every one to three seasons, and Karen was on for two and a half. Then she put That's this, what I was going to ask. She put this gif in there, and she says Matt Smith GIF. saying bow ties are cool. That's the main guy from this movie. It is. It is? Yes. So he so he shaved his head for Lost River. Like He, he okay. filmed this in the downtime, I think, between seasons or in the middle of the season or something. So he shaved his head for this movie, and so in the back half of the season, he had to wear a wig to match the front half of the season. So dedication oh, to the Oh, that's guys. weird. Yeah, wow. I've never seen any of Doctor Who. I've seen one episode, and it was great. I was, that's what I was trying to figure out when she said, like, she's the 11th companion or whatever. I was trying to figure out how it works. Not so really Doctor Who's sure. been on TV for, like, 30 or 40 years. Really? Yeah. And so okay. there are just, like, reincarnations of the Doctor. Like, I think there were... So I'm... I only... I, I vaguely know some Doctor Who facts. They just tag in, tag out new Doctors. They're just like, hey, I'm the new Doctor now. So apparently from the beginning, there was, like... Dread there Pirate were be Roberts? ten Doctors. Okay. And then the tenth Doctor came and went, and I think mm, maybe Stringer Bell was a Doctor. Maybe. Hold on. Oh, I like Stringer Bell. No, they just want him. They want him to be a, a doctor. 
That's right. Okay. There were either supposed to be like 10 or... So, again, like I was saying, I know sort of vaguely about Doctor Who, but if you know about Doctor okay. Who, this is all going to make you really mad because none of it... Almost none of it is going to be right. I can tell you that much. Okay. There were, I think, from the beginning, supposed to be like 10 or 11 Doctors or something like that. But then either the okay. 10th or the 11th was like, hey, like, I'm done. Like, I'm checking out because it's always like they, they're just going through time and space. And, like, there's just... Like, it's written to the world that, like, the Doctor changes... Everything changes, whatever. Okay. And I think also when the Doctor changed, maybe the showrunner changes too. So like it's like a different creator behind it. They have sort of a different vision, whatever. Anyway, I don't think that's all. I don't know if that's always true or not. That might not be true at all. I don't know. But okay, when the tenth or the eleventh Doctor, whatever the last one was supposed to be, was leaving, they were just like, uh, so like we're not done making the show yet. So like <laughs> we're just gonna like rewrite the rules of the world and like we're gonna add another Doctor or like just add as many Doctors as we need. So okay. I think they're maybe up to twelve now. But Matt Smith was the 11th. And so okay, cool. I guess for the doctors, they could either maybe there's a companion with the doctor the entire time or there's a couple companions per doctor or whatever. But she was there for two and a half years. OK, cool. So that's that's, that's a good. I apologize to everybody me. who's a Doctor Who fan for getting most of that wrong. But some of it is right. Maybe. Hopefully. Then Melissa closes out the email. She says, since I've sent one, my idea for the new name for a gift debate is that you should just each say gift your own way and never comment on it again. So inclusive. That's what we normally have been doing from here on out. Moving picture file. But she's saying like, I should say gift. You should say GIF and then just be done with it. Yeah, I'll be right. That's fine. But okay. So thank you, Melissa, for writing in. She literally just texted me about something else. I said, I am reading your email right now on air. Live. Double, double live. So the next email we have is from Grace Mod. This is the email that we read aloud last month or last episode yes. on Magic Mics. Yeah. What is weird is that Grace Mod sent me three more emails and it very clearly became, quickly became a scam. Like it's just like a, oh, these other <laughs> people are registering. You better register first. So we will get to those on the next Magic Mics episode. But Grace okay. Mod, we'll save, get out of here. Grace Ra, Grace Ma, Remy Ma, all those emails for next time on Magic Mics. Like so it. then we have two more emails from Stephen Ronta and says, hi, good day. Forward, subject line, forward re Fishing Bag 85017. He says, This is Stephen oh, wow. from Ronta, okay. based in Xiamen, China. We are a professional manufacturer of bags with more than eight years' experience. So I don't know where these Chinese companies are getting these email addresses from, other than just bots crawling the web, but keep it coming. New guys. internet. From New Internet. From New Pied Piper. I visited your website. Maybe you will be interested in our backpacks, sport bags, cooler bags. Ooh, cooler bags. Travel bags, tote bags, drawstring bags, etc. We can also make the bags according to your own designs or samples. If there's any inquiry, please let us know. Looking forward to your early reply. Kind regards, Stephen. (laughs) Then says, P.S. If you're not interested, please reply unsubscribe. (laughs) Yeah, terrible. I have a feeling his name's not Stephen. Just one. Two, you should buy us some fucking Cage Club beer cooler bags. <laughs> Asshole. Well, like, come on. If you're, Christmas if your is right around the corner. Is, did Steven send the exact same email again <laughs> um, four hours later? The answer is yes. He sent it on <laughs> okay. Wednesday at 7.49, and then again at Wednesday at 11.03. So, Steven. Perfect. We are. I'm not going to reply, because apparently replying to Grace Mod just opened up a whole can of worms like I don't want to even get into. I'm probably on some list for dealing with China. You know, we're going to bring their jobs back, but Grace Mott and Steven, thank you for writing in. You are our true fans. Can I tell a little side story? Today I get this text message. It's like, hey, Maria, like something, 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 do all this shit. Like, hope to hear from you soon. So, like, I message my sister, 
And I'm like, did you fucking use my phone number for something? And she's like, I am so sick of your shit right now. Like, I'm so sick of you being really annoying lately. Which I don't I don't know what I did. <laughs> and, and she'll never listen this far into an episode to figure out what happened. So I have no idea what I did. But then she's like, I can't believe you'd accuse me of that. And I was like, the text said, hey, Maria. She goes, oh, I missed that part. Yeah, no, it wasn't me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, what? But yes, that's that's an update in the in the life of my sister. So there, so similarly, but not really super similarly, is that my sister sends me contests all the time. She's like, "Hey, ACL, like Austin City Limits has like contests all the time that's cool. to yeah, give away like really win cool. two passes or whatever. Awesome. And they're all yep. like, fill out your email, like like this page, whatever, share this, retweet this, whatever, follow this Twitter account, whatever. So if it's not too obnoxious, I do it. So there was one where she's like, "Hey, fill this out. There's a private Drake concert. You can win tickets to go." And I was like. I don't want to go. Like, even if I won, I wouldn't want to go. Like, I don't want to do this. She's like, yeah, why? I would want to go. I was like, fine. Okay, fine. So I filled it out. And then I got a phone call like, thanks, you've cleared our entry pass. Like, would you like to join this club? Uh, It's only like $11,000 to attend this event. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, no, I was like, no. I was like, lady, like, look, I'm sorry. Don't call me anymore. I thought it was free. I have no interest in paying you money. But then I told my sister, yeah. she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was something different. Like, most of the time, it's just like... Yeah, it's like, enter your email, yes. get on this fucking bullshit list you can unsubscribe from, and you might win tickets. Cool. Yeah, that was that was aggressive. Damn. Yeah. Okay. But they were like, hey... And then they, they called again, and then they emailed a couple times. I'm like, look, stop. Like, I don't the have same thing. any you, interest. You know that the Devil's Season tickets keep emailing me, and I keep replying to them, like, I don't like your team. Every time they say... They're like, your season tickets for the Devils are waiting, because I bought the tickets for us to go. Yep on Ticketmaster, yep. and they, like, left that note on my seat, but now, yeah, they send me an email, like, every couple months, and I'm like, I don't like your team, and they'll be like, oh, sorry, and then they, like, email me again a couple months later. Aggressive, man. Love it. That's what happens. So, the next thing is the Google Game. So, this is interesting, because Ryan Gosling's not in this, but there are a lot Ooh. of different Ryan Gosling Lost River autocompletes. Script? Script is not one. Um, director? No. Um, Oh, fuck. I don't even know. Because if he's not in it, what the fuck are they asking? Wife? No. It's a, This is a shitty version of the game, I can tell you that much. But they're all, like, they're, they're, there's, like, eight or nine different things. Movie? No. Um, I, give me give me one. Give me something to play with here. Uh, the first one is trailer. Okay, fine. Song? No. Uh, soundtrack is one. Soundtrack, okay. Costumes? No. Uh, Fuck. This is like the, um, it's the hardest it's ever been because it's like it's super abstract. City, city. Detroit is next to last. Okay. Um, what else? Club. No, they're all like there's there's almost nothing to do specifically with the movie anymore. It's all like bigger Damn. things. Um, I don't know. Give me some more. Interview. Interview. Okay, that's we've never had an interview one no. before. I like that. Okay. Con, like the like the con film festival. Oh, okay, okay. Review. Not interview, but review. Like, how did this get reviewed? Okay. Ryan Gosling Lost River DVD is surprisingly in there. Interesting. Okay. Ryan Gosling Lost River Q&A. So another interview type one. And then Ryan Gosling Lost River IndieWire. And I wonder why. Did they do, like, a big thing about this or no? I Ryan Gosling the unpacks the, the secrets behind Lost River. And this was posted oh, on IndieWire. We should watch that. It's a blog. Okay. Lost we River is extremely figure. personal for Ryan Gosling. For Gosling, a lot of prep work was essential. It seems like it. Okay, we'll check this out later. But yeah, so that's we'll, that's that. So it was an interesting we'll this. experiment because he's not in this movie. So I was I was curious to see what that was going to be. So okay, next is we have Lost River trailer. 
I'm curious to see, because there's in this world, there's a chance Ryan Gosling had input on what this would actually be like. So... What do you mean? Like, directors... Like, he picked so the trailer? one of two things happen. Either the studio cuts the trailer, or the director cuts the trailer. And usually... Okay. If you're, like, a rookie director, an inexperienced director, the studio's just going to do it. Usually, especially lately, like, you have to be, like, a really big name in directing to, like, have final cut over your trailer. Okay. So there's a chance that this is Gosling's vision for a trailer, but also, maybe it's not. Chance it's not. Okay, cool. So if you search uh, Lost River trailer on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is Lost River official trailer HD from Warner Brothers Pictures, 2.8 million views. So That's a lot. Okay, actually, here, cool. the second thing that comes up is the extended trailer from Joe Blow Movie. So this is screenshot of that one. That's her cutting her face off. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I totally didn't. I missed that part. So, okay, are you ready to watch sure. the trailer? I'm ready. I'm queued up whenever you All right, give me three, a All right, three, two, one, play. Rated R. Oh. Definitely rated R. Lots of violence. Okay. Lots of language. Yeah. Not really nudity, but, you know. Warner Brothers, Sierra Infinity. Bold Infinity, has made Bold. some good movies. Bold made Nightcrawler. Bold made a couple other movies that I really, really liked. Oh, Nightcrawler I liked. Okay, we started with him. I do really like him walking from those different colored buildings. Like, there's like a I real do. visual flair to this movie. And, that, and, the, and the purple about. light in Search's room. I like that, too. How can I there's been the fire, my favorite. Them talking. This is sort of Terrence Malicky, you know, a little kid wandering through the the, the, the the grass just in front of a sun. Yeah. My found a road that goes underwater. Him walking through the through the woods. Yep. Sort of talking. They flooded a bunch of towns when they downed What town? What is good about this is it does make it look super artsy, so you're not going to get, like, completely fooled or faked out here that, like, oh, I thought I was seeing a Ryan Gosling movie and now it's just, like, some art film. It's like, no, like, this trailer makes it look like an art film. There's a lot of great graffiti in this movie, too. The bike rolling by that fire. There's bullies awesome chanting. A lot of fire in this movie. A lot of fire in this movie. It's out, man. See, bully running everything in now. Yep. There's the scissors. Good job. Where is that? Hands him the business. She ha he hands her the business Ava card. Mendes in her outfit. Great. There is the sarcophagus. Yeah. Man, we are like this. It feels like it's a very long. Like it feels like we're seeing a lot of this movie. It does. What's keeping you here? Yeah, but I mean, he shot 200 hours of it. And we're only using the parts from the movie. Like, you know, what's going on here? It's true. And, and also, they didn't really... So she just said, is that what's keeping you here? And they didn't really address, like, why they're kind of stuck, you know? Like... Well, I think that they're both there for their... Like, for the mom or for the grandma. You know what I mean? Like, Christian yeah, Hendricks could have been a movie about them Frank getting out. Yeah, but they could have they could have been trying to get out together, you know? Like, lots of running. I really like how this is cut. This really is, like, it's... The song up. sounds very drive, by the way. Oh, did you stay through the end credits? Because there is a post-credit scene. Oh no, I didn't. What was it? It's just those lights in the river turning off, like things are back to normal now. Oh, okay. Interesting. I do like the water. lights that were like half, half in the river. You know what I mean? Like half covered. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. So that was the trailer for Lost River. Okay. Yeah. Trailer looked neat. I liked it. It picked up some of our favorite parts of the movie, I think. Yeah. So the next segment is the most and least boyfriend material moments. So first, let us, do you want to review our guesses from last time or do you want to talk about what we think from this time? Um, What do we normally do? What's the I, order actually, we I don't remember. Do? Let's review from last time. Okay. So best and worst. Best, I said, oh no, you said 
it's a supernatural movie because you said that, which it sort of is. Like it's it's kind of magic-y. It's not really supernaturally, but it's yeah, kind of magic-y. You said it's like Waterworld two. Dirt is the most hot commodity. The main character grows the only flower in the world to give to the female character. But, well, there's a lot of water. Yeah, but we, I, was... I mean, it's called Lost River. Okay. Well, fine. I love giving you points, but that is, it's sort of a stretch. Okay. You said you're the least boyfriend of your mom was they have a daughter, and he takes the flower from the mom and re-gifts to the daughter, who he loves more. They get divorced, and he goes to space jail, which (laughs) I can't believe that we spent an hour plus talking about this movie. Have not mentioned space jail yet. I mean, it's a very key part of this movie. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. My guess was that a character sacrifices himself but doesn't die to help another character cross the titular Lost River. And then I said, the least boyfriend material moment is that the main character steals something of tremendous sentimental value from another character and pawns it to escape a tough situation. Which doesn't happen, but in a way, sort of metaphorically, it actually is going to relate to my least boyfriend material moment in this film, which is when Bones hides in the convenience store, lets Rat sort of take the fall for him and then that leads to rat's death like the uh, nick the rat's death like it's he sort of doesn't you think that's the least boyfriend material moment my least boyfriend material moment is him being a bitch and hiding out and not just taking his ass kicking and getting his lips cut off yep in the same sense i was gonna say in this movie i have a least girlfriend material moment oh and that's when saoirse leaves with them and lets them drive her home I think that's a I think that's a great girlfriend moment. Really? She she does I don't know. that so that he doesn't get his ass kicked. She does. That's but not like, like the most selfless thing that anybody does in this entire movie. From a boyfriend perspective, though, I'd be really sad if like my half a girlfriend left with my enemy. But she did it explicitly to help you out. I, still, I would have been like, no, you should have been hiding out from me because she didn't tell him she was leaving with them. Like I get her intentions, but there would have been some arguments afterwards to figure it out. Well, I mean, she only, she only leaves with them because he's going to go inside and pee, and like I don't think that. Bones realizes that Billy's going to come in. Like, he just thinks he has to watch out for the one guy. And so, all of a yeah. sudden, he's just out and about. And then there's something a like competition in the convenience store. I think it's a completely. Like, if there's the most and best and worst girlfriend moment, that's definitely the best girlfriend moment, not the worst girlfriend moment. I don't know, man. I don't know. I would be kind of sad. I would be a little sad about it. I get the intention. Yeah. But, like, in the moment, if you'd have seen it happen, I would have been kind of sad. My best, most boyfriend material moment in this movie is when. Yeah. Bones reverses the curse and avenges Nick the Rat's death by killing Bully. Oh, I, I hate that you're you're saying mine beforehand, but I really think that my best friend boyfriend material moment is as soon as he sees her upset about the rat, he knows that he has to go avenge, like reverse the curse. Okay. Like I think at that moment, like as soon as he sees the rat and he's like, Look, they killed my girlfriend's rat, like I need to fix this. I think that's the most boyfriendy material moment. Okay. Yeah. So yours is sort of like a precursor to mine. Yeah, yeah. They cool. kind of like lead into each other. Yeah. I think that they, they go hand in hand, but I think that for me it was like as soon as he saw the rat and yours is like when he does the action. I dig it. Cool. So now for Only God Forgives for next month's movie, it's a movie that both of us have seen I remember very little about. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I want to go first. What I is remember Gosling's the... most and least or best and least boyfriend material moment? He is a priest and his most boyfriend material moment is although he's lusting after the woman in confession telling him her sins of being a prostitute Mm -hmm. he can he like listens and forgives her because only god forgives (laughs) okay his least boyfriend material moment is is when she walks out of the confessional and shuts the door he says whore and then that's it 
that's that's my most and least boyfriend material moments from Only God Forgives. Cool. A, a movie about confessions. Tyler Perry's confession. Tyler Perry's confessions. Isn't that a movie that was out either this year or last year? It was Obsession, not Confession. No, no, no. There is Tyler Perry Confessions. Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. Oh, okay, okay. And I think he also did one called Obsession too. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm gonna say. So I remember a few things about this. I remember his line "Want to fight." I remember that his mom is a main character in this movie. I remember it's very visual. It's real pretty. life. Her real, his real life mom. No, just like his mom of the movie. Correct. Is okay. Cool. I remember okay. it's a very pretty movie, and I also remember being very disappointed by this movie, so I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, I remember I remember watching it and thinking it was very beautiful, very long, and nothing happened. And when I saw this movie, I was thinking, damn, this reminds me of Only God Forgives, <laughs> although I don't remember what happened. So, so I'm going to say his most and least boyfriend material moments are with his mother, and I'm going to say that at one point, his wanna fight is to defend her honor, that something's going wrong. I am a man. Who will fight for your aunt? No. Yeah. Okay. I was just listening. I was grooving. I was. You couldn't see okay. it, but I was. You were feeling it. You were feeling it. I was okay. feeling it. That's the second time I think this has been brought up either on this podcast or one of our podcasts. That's what I'm a man that will fight for your honor. Yeah. That song's always stuck in my head. Okay. So I think that at one point a guy is giving her a hard time and he stands up for her and says, "Want to fight?" Fights a guy okay. to defend her. I think the least boyfriend okay. material moment is that at another point that same thing happens again and he's like, "I did it once." I'm not doing it again. And he <laughs> I'm not mom. <laughs> his mom just gets his, gets her ass beat yep. by some guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just <laughs> battered. Okay. So the next game is the Letterboxed game. This is where we have cool. a few different games we play on Letterboxed. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, not that necessarily the most popular movie on Letterboxed, but the one we use for reference, has been seen by 231,955. I feel like it keeps growing. It does keep growing. It does. Okay. So Lost River from 2014 has been seen by how many people? Um, t- I'm going to say 8,750. Higher. Oh, 121575. Lower. Somewhere in between. 10,227. 11,261. Okay. Yeah, Which in the grand scheme sense. of things, you were pretty close with the 8,000 guests. So I like that. I, I appreciate that. Would you get, what would you guess the average rating out of... Well, this is not a game we normally play, but what would you guess the normal rating is out of five? The average rating out of five? 375. 3.0. 3.0? Yeah, people are not okay, crazy Okay, so mixed reviews. Yeah, mixed reviews. Okay. My friends on Letterboxd, people I follow, range in scores from one and a half to four stars. Wow, okay. So lots of disparity here. Yeah. I kind of like it. Kind of like you and I talking about it, right? Like we were like a little bit on the other ends of the spectrum. Yeah. As usual, though, I feel like we, we usually come closer together yeah. as we talk about it. You know what I mean? We like we don't just hate just like massively hate anything right like, there has to be yep. reasons for it so yep. i feel like at the end of our conversations we always come like closer to the middle than we do split further away. i think i was able to Except convince like, you to like song to song more than i was able to convince you to like this movie but i also don't really care if you like either of them in the end yeah ultimately. i absolutely yeah that's why we have different tastes man it's so now, out of the eleven thousand people how many of these people put it in their top four favorite films of all time oh um 22 higher really yep oh fucking letterbox nerds um 47 somewhere between one more guess between 22 and 47 33 31 i was close okay so now Even 22 oh, here, at the here's beginning, what we're doing so okay. courtney cheshire courtney cheshire whatever gave it five cheshire stars cat. gave it a heart has reviewed it six times at least six times jesus let me open okay. up these reviews let me see if there's a short one that we could read 
her first review starts, I'm almost at a loss for words right now. I am so in love with Lost River. I don't understand how people have complained about it making no sense. It made perfect sense to me. Sure, it, it was makes weird, perfect sense to her. but if you let yourself become absorbed in the characters' lives, then it made perfect sense. It's a beautiful film. Every shot is a work of art. And it goes on and on from okay. there. Her next review starts with, I'm blown away by the beauty of this movie. Her next one starts, I adore this movie. Her next one says, in all capital letters, I didn't cry this time. Okay. Her next one looks like a poem, What would you cry about? Okay. And then the last, most recent one, her review says, this movie owns my ass. That's, yeah. Cool. So, okay, so this is going to be, I think, pretty difficult to get i think you can get really two of them so her favorite movie of all time is the last temptation of christ what i know what the fuck okay so her Good third favorite here. movie of all time is lost river so we're looking for number two and number four number two is a horror movie one of the most influential horror movies of all time evil dead no although that was just covered on the cage Club podcast network on real bad so go check that out that's why that's what i was thinking about cool. i saw your post today that's what it was. Um, most influential horror movies of all time. Halloween. No. Freddy Krueger. No. Um, more mo- more recent than that. More recent than that. Is it It Follows because you have a boner for it? No. I wouldn't say that's more than it was. This is, I think this might be, I mean, I don't know, I might be missing things and I don't want to, because it is my favorite genre, but I'm saying like this might have been like the last, the most recent, truly influential horror movies. Get movie. out. Uh, no, that's out. that's also influential. No, I'm, I wasn't thinking that. That's one I forgot. But no, before that. I don't know, then. Give it to me. The Blair Witch Project. Oh, great movie. I do like The Blair Witch Project a lot. Basically yeah, invented that's... or popularized... Didn't invent, but like popularized found footage Handy and made that a thing in yep. horror since then. Number four is a movie that we almost certainly have guessed in this game before. Very popular movie from about ten years ago. Very popular director. Pulp Fiction. No. Same director, though. Oh, fuck. Um, about ten years ago. Jackie Brown. No, you're you're going... The, yeah, I'm going further. Not, not, not modern enough. Oh, fuck. Not Hateful Eight. Older than that. Um, older than that. After Pulp Fiction. What were the ones after, after Jackie Pulp Brown. Fiction? Reservoir Dogs. That was before Pulp Fiction. Now, God damn it. Um, I don't know the timeline of them. This came out in 2009. We, um, Django. Before Django. The one before Django. Fuck, what was it? The one before Django. What was the one before? Inglorious Bastards. Yep, there you go. Okay. Donnie! Yeah! God's German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. Took me forever. Jesus, that was hard. Her top four are The Last Sensation of Christ, The Blair Witch Project, Lost River, and Inglorious Bastards. So that is a strange top four, but hey man, whatever works for you. She's also, out of 815 ratings, she's given 258 movies, five stars. So she loves movies. She's a super lover. All right. So the next segment we have is Fire Ass Titles. For Lost River, a movie without Ryan Gosling, but we knew it. Unlike War of the Worlds, where we were surprised and disappointed by the lack of Channing Tatum, we knew what we were getting here. So We knew what we were getting, so it wasn't that bad. Fire S titles, Lost River. If we are simplifying this, if we are bringing it down to its barest of bones, renaming it in the style of High School Musical, what would you call this movie? Fires. Underwater dinosaurs. Streetlights. Sex clubs. Knives. Copper. Face off. Ooh. Sounds like a good name for a movie. It does sound like a good name for a movie. Is it Copper? I like Copper. I like that. That was a good one, too. Well, thank you. Bully's World. Bully's World? <laughs> like Water World, but Bully's World? Or Wally's World. Do you remember Wally's World? I do remember Wally's World. How about The Only House on the Street? 
<laughs> the only house on the left. Yeah, that's exactly that's what I was going for. Thank you for alley-ooping it for me. Ooh. I don't have, like, a good one for this one. Rats on rats on rats. Without Skrillex. Yes! I'm trying to think if you can turn Skrillex's name into, like, no, like, add the word no in there, but no. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I was going to say, like, Skrillnix, like, Nix the Skrillex. Skrillnix. Oh, Fight Club. All right. Because she stabs him in the ear. She does. They're in the club. Motherfucker. You hit me in the ear. Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. Ow, Christ. It's like Fight Club. It's like a nightclub, but it's a fight club. Get it? What is that? I can't hear you. You stabbed me <laughs> in my good ear. <laughs> you stabbed me in my good ear. Tyler Drownin. Mm. Not the movie about the little kid you were led to believe. <laughs> no goss in parentheses. And then in parentheses, a decent amount of Ava Mendez. I like it. That's just the end. Cool. Perfect. So the next segment we have is the awards at the end of the show when we catch up on Gosling movies, when we go all the way back to his earliest days as young Hercules and the Mouseketeer and see all the things that he has brought to this world. We will have the Ryan Gosling Awards, the Gossies, the Golden Fleece, the Golden Geese, whatever they may be called. The Canadian Geese. Canadian Geese. I'm going to nominate this one right away for most disappointing movie. I agree. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad we can agree on that. It's definitely disappointing. Do you want to nominate it for Best Cinematography? Do you, you want to put it up there for that? I think so. I like it. Okay. I thought it was pretty. A lot of these we some can't of the really, they don't really count the ones I'm skipping over because they're all like exactly. Gosling roles and stuff. Gosling music and whatever. Best yeah, costumes, not really. Nah, I mean, they're special. good, but they're nothing I do like Ava Mendes' right. dress, like her sort of... Uh, I agree. I th- that's Latin the first thing dress. you said. When you said costumes, that's the first thing that popped into my head. It's very, it's very standout-y. I uh, okay, so... There is. We have a category: best dancing scene. The only nominee right now is with Emma Stone overlooking L.A. I do want to nominate like this one. Ben Mendelsohn. I'm with you. Dancing yeah. creep and enclosed Christina Hendricks. I like it. That's a good dancing scene for sure. Do we want to nominate anybody for best? We don't have worst. We could add worst categories. We want to nominate anybody for best non-gaz role, male or female? Not really. I mean, everybody's kind of forgettable in this, to be honest with you. Yeah. I love we like we love Sersha like inertia, but we I do. But I do. I wish she I wish she was more in this movie. Anything. I wish she was more anything in this movie. Yeah. But yeah. So not only for most disappointing, it. best cinematography and best dancing scene, which I feel is pretty adequately sums up this movie. Yeah, I think we I, we split it around. The, the, there's definitely some good parts to it. The dancing scene, you're right, is awesome. So I'm with it. So the final segment on the show is, or were there any other awards that you want to nominate for that we did not, do we not, that do not exist mm. yet? No, I'm good. The final award, a final segment on the show is the last and next recording. Since Yay. we last recorded this, we released our episode of Fast and Furious 6, which is maybe the best Fast and Furious movie, which we found out. Sort of stunned Surprisingly. To find out. Yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised. We released our Magic Mike's episode of A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints with resident historian Mike Manzi. Take a drink. Yes, we did. You just listened to that episode today. You said it's a very good episode. It was. It was It was a lot of fun. I always like having Mike Manzi on, I think, as a, as a three threesome we do really well. Yeah, third time's a charm. It is. Ah, the next movie we are shot. doing is Furious 7, which is another great one. It is the is Paul so Walker's awesome. farewell to the franchise. Last ride. Last ride. The next Magic Mike's we're doing is also with resident historian Mike Manzi. It's Battle in Seattle, which will be a Magic Mike's Watch a Throne super crossover special. Uh, extravaganza. Mega 
extravaganza. Yep. It's a movie about battle bots, remember? Almost certainly. And then yes. one month from today, the next Gosling movie we're doing, sort of the more polished version of this, Only God Forgives, in which Ryan Gosling is a priest who is very accepting and very forgiving, only <laughs> to mutter whore under his breath. Exactly. Dude, that's a great mental image, right? Isn't it really yeah. funny to think about? He just walks in, he's like, Sister, you are forgiven. Whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cool. Okay. Any other last thoughts about Lost River? Any last River thoughts? No, Um, I'm glad I watched this movie once. I think maybe if the more I d- digest it, because I just like you know saw it before we recorded, yep. I might want to watch it again now that I'm thinking about it. But I, I'm not sure. I'm I'm still kind of in between on it. So I own this movie on Blu-ray. I don't remember when I bought it or why I bought it, but I mean I, I bought it probably because Ryan Gosling directed it. But yeah, see, I wonder how much I paid for this. Let me see if I can find it in my email. Go for it. Lost I hope River. Three dollars like has to be three dollars. I bet three dollars. No, I probably paid way more than that for this. $3. We received your order. Here we go. From Best Buy. Paid twelve ninety nine for it, so it's 3 plus 10 hmm. Okay. I bought it on October 6th, 2015 from Best Buy. Interesting. There you go. Interesting choice. Cool. Okay. So that's all I got. So, come back next time for this. Oh, so since we last recorded, we now are on Instagram. Not us specifically, but the Cage Club Podcast Network. So you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on either Twitter or Instagram now. Check that yep. out. Still do trying it. to figure out the best way to use Instagram since it's not something that I do. Yeah, I know how to do it. Can I tell you? What's you that? Post pictures. Oh, so cool. Do. And that's maybe some videos sometimes? Use it. Maybe some videos sometimes. That's how, you, yeah, that's the best way to use it. Cool. I appreciate the uh, the heads up. You're welcome. No worries. Yeah, so we're on Instagram now. Joe and I also have our own little corner of weird on Facebook. Facebook.com slash too fast too forever. So check that you out. You can peek into my brain. Peek into his brain. We have an email address, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. If you want to write in, we did not say the email address earlier in the show. If you want to write in, send us pictures of cereal. Send us pictures of whatever. Have you have you eaten any cereal lately? Um, I did eat. I was eating some frosted mini wheats. Okay. At work for lunch, I was doing frosted mini wheats. I like sugar corn pops. I ate some of those recently too. So those are the two cereals I've been eating recently. But um, I made myself a promise. It's not really necessarily a promise, but what? I've been eating more cereal than I used to, and really no cereal is good for you but i said to myself that for every box of just like straight up sugar cereal i'm gonna eat i have to eat at least one box of like healthy cereal so either brand either raisin yeah. brand crunch or honey nut cheerios to counter okay. out the like cap and crunch berries honey nuts pretty pretty shitty choice for healthy cereal well i mean yeah i mean it's not like oats, i mean I again not like healthy healthy but like not yeah. just straight up sugar i get it i get it but no yeah. worries good call i'm glad i'm proud of you so Keeping that up is your that so anytime you come here there will be cereal in the cabinet because it's boyfriend ma cereal ma cereal so cageclub.me facebook.com slash cageclub at cageclubpod on twitter and instagram email us email us whatever we will read it on air send us emails from china i guess it. new pied piper boyfriend material at cageclub.me i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next time on boyfriend material <laughs>